Hey, welcome to the Bill Bennett Show. It's thoughtful conversation about the news of the day, and we address the existential threats to America. And there are some, boy. You better believe it. Today's our monthly special Scholars and Sense edition of the show. Joining me today, Conrad Black. He's an author. He's a columnist. He's a media contributor. And also with us, the very well-known Victor Davis Hanson, senior fellow at the Hoover Institute. His focus is classics and military history. But first, DeSantis getting in. I'm hearing word that Youngkin's going to get in. Tim Scott's buying a ton of TV ads in Iowa. Amazing. Amazing. We shall see. There's some major confrontations coming up. Uh, One I'd like to point to is, boy, an awful lot of the states, particularly the red states, are really opposed to this uh, early surgery, you know, this uh, gender fluidity surgery, um, uh, you know, making decisions at an early age that you want to change your sex. A lot of states are forbidding it. Texas, most recently. Federal government going to weigh in here? Don't know. On a parallel track, federal government may weigh in on the whole thing about uh, transsexuals in sports. And again, a lot of states are passing laws saying, you know, if you're XX, you're female. If you're XY, you're male. That's it. And your biological gender, whether you're XX or XY, determines what and where you can compete. We'll see what happens on those fronts. We will take up a lot of things here with Victor Davis Hanson and Conrad Black. And I have questions for them, but it's always good to see what's on their minds. Okay, let's get to those guys. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Show. Joining me now is Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson. Gentlemen, thank you. I usually uh, begin with a question, but... um, I don't know where to begin. Best of times, the worst of times. I'll pass on the best of times. Seems to me the worst of times. Am I wrong? There's they're rays of hope, but no, they're terrible times. What's the worst of it, Conrad? Uh, well, I hate to be, you know, as a non-American on the, uh, you know, on the call. I hate I hate to be negative about your country, but the world is distressed and most major countries in the world in no position to take high ground about these things. But uh, the the whole apparent, these things we've discussed for many months now, but the apparent um, incompetence and ineffectuality of the administration and the uh, irresponsible conduct and these revelations of uh, really shocking politicization of institutions that are supposed to be non-political and have to be if a constitutional democracy is going to work and and the uh, determination of the great majority of the media, or at least the national political media, just to stonewall it and ignore it and pretend it's a big fat nothing, as Weissman says, which I think is other than the fact that he's a rather slender man, a pretty fair description of him. And, and uh, it, it is, it's worrisome. Now, my own view, and I'm, I guess the uh, Trump supporter in residence here, is that the upside of it is it looks like Trump has really scored. And it looks like the Democratic um, you know, card up their sleeve of, of these phony indictments they can bring forward through the politicized Justice Department, are backfiring. And I don't think that uh, anything they do in respect of the raid at Mar-a-Lago or January 6th or 
the Georgia, you know, the interventions in the Georgia results in the last presidential election will be significantly more plausible or legally well-based than the Stormy Daniels nonsense. So, I, I mean, for better or worse, I think Trump is coming back more strongly than I had anticipated and certainly than his opponents had. And you can see how distressed they are. You can see it with Peggy Noonan and Andrew Sullivan and uh, 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 most of the old familiar old anti-Trump people. Now, am I talking, am I sitting here north of the border presenting a vision of things that you people find, you know, incomprehensible or mistaken? I wish they were incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh I think we have to give more credit to the deviousness of the left. I think they've got a lot in in store for us. I think that this crazy brag thing is going to go on until December, and then we're going to get Latita James with a trumped-up indictment or something about assets. It's crazy. And then we're going to get Willis in Georgia, her turn. She's talking about an August indictment. And then we're going to get the special counsel. And it's you're right, Conrad, it's all puffed up and it gains at least initial empathy for Trump. But I think the uh, the effect of it, there's sort of a coordinated effort to just slowly hemorrhage him to the point where a lot of the attention is deflected against Joe Biden. And I don't think they're going to do much about the Biden consortium. And it's, it's skullduggery, but we're going to get. Trump just tied up in knots from the moment he's near the nomination to the election. That's the idea. And we, as we're seeing with Durham report, uh, the unimaginable becomes routine with Hillary Clinton, what she did. And she more or less destroyed uh, Donald Trump's first year or two in office. And I, I, I have a lot of fear of what they, they're capable of doing. So I, I'm not sure that they won't, be very successful. But my biggest worry about the country very quickly is that we're the woke uh, revolution is starting to result in a systems collapse, that the sustainability of institutions is starting to affect everyday life. You know, if you go to San Francisco or Los Angeles, you can't find a drugstore or you see people defecating or urinating or fornicating or injecting on the street or, you know, even out I just filled up this morning at the gas station for diesel fuel, $5 and 70 cents. And you, you can't get served because everybody is so poor. They're going in to pay cash where you get a, a 15 cent discount and they leave their car in line and wait in line because they don't want to use a credit card because they, they can save maybe eight or nine dollars. But it's, it's starting to affect everything and where it's crime or, and then this is just, everyday experience. But when you look at the local level, we're going to be soon in $33 trillion in aggregate debt. And Joe Biden is still talking about all the money he saved us and he's cut the deficit and he's not going to negotiate. It's And then we look at the border and what's going on in these major cities. It, it's, it's very amazing. I don't know whether COVID did it or the lockdown did it or the post-George Floyd climate did it. But it's really a remarkable. We all talk about the resiliency of America, but it's it's really a. I hadn't realized how fragile it was, and it's a very fragile society. Can I, Bill? I don't want to squeeze you out here, but I can I just raise a very brief point in response to Victor. I sure. certainly don't mean to imply that I am sure that a benign result will happen. As I said, I'm very worried, but I, I just offer two thoughts. I think surely the conditions you describe will cause 
Mr. Nixon's silent majority to say this can't go on. We have to do something and Trump's the best we've got. And secondly, well, the the Durham thing, I think, was engineered by Barr to discourage the activities commented on, but not to give Trump any help himself. Uh, I, I think it does make it harder for the Democrats to keep playing the Trump bad man card. I mean, they are he can point to all these things they've done. And I think it makes it makes it much harder for them to be so self-righteous. But I, I look, I'm not living there and I see what you have described. And, you know, I don't know. and I don't pretend to know. I don't know that there is a Nixon silent majority. Um, I saw that uh, Fox reported was, you know, the good news that uh, 57 percent of Americans were opposed to having their um, children opposed to the uh, gender fluidity lessons that left 43 percent who are in favor. Uh, I mean, just no, no opinion. uh, Oh, yeah, but it's 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 growing Two, uh, the only word I think that I would object to and what you opened with, Conrad, was ineffectual. And there, I think I agree with with Victor. I think I think they they've got this plotted out pretty well. Uh, both the plans for doing Trump in, as Victor described, and uh, you know, I, I saw something I hadn't seen before, uh, which is a map of where all these uh, illegals are going. And eighty five percent, despite the protestations of the mayor of New York, are settling in Texas. So how long before they vote, and how long before? You, you never elect a Republican again. I've never seen them so brazen. I was watching the testimony where an FBI agent who happened to have the name Marcus Allen, this, yep. this, yep. this congresswoman from California, I and mean, she just he just said, that's not me. I did yep. not. Peck, and she said, basically, don't interrupt me. I want to know what if it's if it isn't you, it doesn't matter. You have the same name. It's kind of like, you know. The poet Senna and Shakespeare's Caesar. It doesn't matter if you, if your your identity is mistaken, and do you agree with it? And then the next the next witness was Julio Rojas, Rojas, who's been on the front lines watching Antifa, and all of this that this Goldman, the heir to the Levi Strauss fortune, could say. This Representative Goldman was. Well, your title is town hall columnist. <laughs> and he made fun of this guy. He was a self-made, very effective reporter. So they don't care. And I was watching this uh, fix the court. And this is very interesting that they're spending all of this money to destroy Clarence Thomas, Sam, Sam Alito. And it's all coming from the Arabella consortium that's run by Larry Kramer, the former Stanford law dean who bailed out Sam Bankman-Fried. And he's getting his money from two sources. One was this man, Weiss, a Swiss Swiss billionaire in Montana, who's who's barred legally from giving money to a political cause because he's not a U.S. citizen, but he's funneling it through Arabella. And then the Bill Hewlett Hewitt Foundation, which was, he was a great man. He created Silicon Valley. His money is being run by Larry Kramer, who is the, is the chairman of that foundation. And he works with the head of the Arbella and they're funding much more money than, than George Soros. And now they're targeting the justices. It's not enough. They swarm their homes or they, uh, you know, Chuck Schumer gets at the gates of the Supreme Court a few years ago and says, you know, they're going to reap the whirlwind on calls them out by name. Now they're soliciting lavish funds for journalists, freelance journalists to go after them on every aspect of their life. And I don't think we've ever seen 
the, the left is not, it, it's, it's a very different left now. It's a Jacobin, really radical left. And they've hijacked the Democratic Party and they've got a lot of money. They've got a lot more money than the Republicans or conservatives. And they're out, they're nihilist. What the, I, I don't, I think they feel that they can destroy the institutions and then in the chaos, they can assume power and rebuild them in a certain way, but they're very mm-hmm. dangerous people. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think I'm imagining things when I say that some of these, uh, you know, reasonable people, uh, other than in, in the fact that when the word Trump is uttered, a trap door opens in their foreheads and a cuckoo bird flies out and starts screeching nonsense, like uh, Peggy Noonan, whom I referred to in a piece that was uh, went around yesterday, but uh, who's a, you know, we all know her, I guess. I certainly, I do. She's a very nice person, but on this one issue, she's insane. And, um, uh, and she is panicky because, and you can see these people. And even the few that I talked to in one way or another uh, are, are panicky that they realize they can't actually go with Biden again, that he's just become too embarrassing. Everyone can see a, he, he's not mentally competent to do the job. So the, the, I think they may be cranking up to indict Hunter to get rid of his father. But even if they do that, they will have to throw Harris out, which will not be like falling off a log. Then they'll have to take some comparatively unknown person and elevate that person, which again, is, is, can't just be done overnight. And and then they have to, they still are the Democrats and they will have to stand on the record of this administration, which will not be easy. And, and Trump has a lot of baggage and we know, we all know a lot about him, but he is a formidable campaigner and he will, he will really attack them with commendable violence in a way that they haven't seen. Uh, so yeah, I, but it's dangerous, but 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 the game isn't over yet. Yeah, but but before I invite a fourth to come on with some optimism, a, a fourth guest for this for this podcast, uh, they'll cheat. I mean, of course, I, I mean they'll cheat. Yeah, yeah, but they may not get away with it this time. I mean, the, the Democrats surely. Well, who's to say? But, uh, hmm? Who's to say? Well, you I mean, well, you mentioned Texas. I mean, the, the states still control the election. Now, Greg Abbott is not going to let all these, uh, you know, newly arrived, illegally arrived people come out and vote. He, he can stop that. The election is going to be decided in about six places, and two of them are Georgia and Arizona. And, yeah. Yeah, they and aren't Pencil, lost houses, and, I mean, they're and, close, and, but they're not lost houses. And, and, no, they're not. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that, that's beyond them, Conrad. I mean, I, I watched Diane Feinstein's video the other day. She's, for all practical purposes, a hundred percent disabled, mm-hmm. and she was being wheeled in. And she's thought she told the reporter that she's been at the Senate the whole time at work when she's been, you know, at her home. Apparently, they they're using her to make sure that she doesn't. Uh, prematurely leave the Senate and then Gavin Newsom's going to appoint Barbara Lee rather than Adam Schiff and she'll have the incumbent advantage in the election. But my point is, I looked at John Fetterman, he was completely incoherent when he was talking about these bankers. Nothing he said made any sense. And I I looked at the commentary on CNN. They said, well, this defies the right. This man was muscular. He was coherent. He was on the barricade. It was just complete fantasy so there yeah, the i think that uh, i think biden will run i think i don't know if he's if he's just a you know all they need is a body just and they will do the rest and yeah. that's pretty much what they're doing now they yeah. like it better i, I think i think they like work. it better that, that he's uh inert because then they can put their agendas into an empty vessel that well yeah. that was the deal they made three yes. years ago 
they took Sanders' program and this supposedly unfrightening presidential candidate yeah. would just be a rubber stamp for the left. <laughs> but it we, we all were amongst those who suspected that's what it was. Yeah, all right. I know. All right. All right. Enough. Enough. Gosh. Uh, to the barricades, guys. What do you, what do you say? Let's let's fix this thing. Where do we go? Uh, who do we talk to? Well, do you, do you guys think that DeSantis has any chance of taking the nomination away from Trump? I do. I do. I do. I think well, he, he would be he would be a more difficult opponent for them. I think. I think so, and I think Trump is going to. I think uh, he, that these. These indictments, again, I think they're coordinated and I think their point is to tell the not the hardcore base Trump, but the people who vote for him as the lesser of two evils and, and, and you know, they're conservative. It's to tell them you, you, you're not going to be able to take this any longer or in their way of thinking, they're going to say, well, Donald Trump was was treated poorly and terribly, but why is he in these situations? Why did he get vulnerable for yeah, us? Why yeah, did yeah, why yeah, why yeah, why yeah. why? And that's going to yeah. either make them not want to vote for him or stay home or something. And that's the Trump point. equals we're, chaos. That's the one yes. thing. And whether whether we're, you like we're not as chaos anyway. Yeah, yeah. But will this make uh, if it, if it's DeSantis, will this make it less likely than they'll, that they'll cheat, or they'll at least ballot harvest better? Oh, than no, we they'll do? try. That. But, but he, he won't. He won't. I mean, he would be a strong candidate. I think. I mean, uh, 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 I mean, won't he? As, as yeah, long but, as well, oh, no, but wait, wait, were you going to say he won't let them cheat? He, well, he'll fight it at least. I mean, he'll, uh, he'll try to prevent it. I think he has more attention to detail. The way he handled the critical race theory and Disney, whether and that's not yeah. old Disney yet. Yeah, he, yeah. he does understand the nuts and bolts. And he and he understands the mind of the left. And I think he. I think his motto is sort of. I don't know if it's fair or not, but if you, it seems like his motto is get even, not get mad. And he has a stellar way of being in first. Yeah. All right. Well, so, if we're going to, if we're going to, where do we go? I mean, I mean, uh, you know, if we're going to save American civilization or Western civilization, whatever you want to call it. I think I more prefer American right now, if you don't mind, Conrad. Um, where, <laughs> yeah, where do we? If you go, Daniel. Take all of us with you. <laughs> where do we go? Well, look. I just uh, the first thing I think, and, and not to keep our, our, us mired in this dismal talk, but is the um, uh, you know the the ballot harvesting. I mean, Trump has himself to blame for some of that. I mean, he warned about it. We didn't do anything, and when the rules were changed with questionable constitutionality in the swing states that Victor referred to, he, he didn't do anything until it was too late. And we now know, and we should have known before, the courts won't alter the apparent result of a presidential election. They never have, and they won't do it, presumably because they're yeah. afraid of the upheaval that comes afterwards. So so if you're going to do it, you've got to do it when the rules are changed. Now, the Republicans know that. And in fairness, a number of those key states do have Republican governors. There was a great controversy over the change in voting and vote counting rules in Georgia. They've been vindicated. There were no problems anywhere, as far as I know, in the midterms. So I, you know, I don't think the Dems can just do it all over again the way they did before. You know, they don't have Twitter anymore. Uh, a lot of these most obnoxious anti-Trump people, Gon Lemon and Chris Wallace and uh, Zucker and uh, Stelter and so, I mean, I don't know them all, but a lot of them aren't there anymore. And, and that 
CNN meeting 10 days ago. Well, that was that was a real I mean, Trump really hammered that woman and he made. Quite yeah. Yeah. But to your point. Um, yeah. Uh, in Georgia, uh, you know, I think we all us Trump guys or at least previous Trump guys can agree that Trump lost Georgia force, lost the Senate force in Georgia in any case. Telling people not to vote. Am I right about that? I, mean, I, I, I think you're right, but I, I, I don't blame him as much as you did. I mean, yeah, well, I, McConnell and the boys wanted Trump out when he would continue in his sinecure as majority leader. And, yeah, but uh, look, but, but look at the candidates. Look at the Trump candidates for the Senate. Oh well, well Herschel wasn't up to it, but I thought the two who lost before. I mean, two years ago, uh, that Loeffler and the and the other one. I didn't think they were so bad. No, they, no. But that was, I think he had, I don't know if he didn't realize that when he kept questioning the validity of the election, that he made right. that call to Georgia, that his base got the message that it wouldn't matter. And then the independent voter was angry at him and he lost that one, two constituency. They didn't come out. And then you well, look, look at the I number tried, of people I tried the argument on Norman Podhoretz a couple of weeks ago that it was actually saying, now this, I admit, is, is a perverse and unsustainable optimism, but I gave it a, a, a shot. I said, look, if that hadn't happened in Georgia, we wouldn't know just how bad the Democrats are. So Trump accomplished that. <laughs> I don't know. I think, they, I think they gave us plenty of evidence everywhere else. Look at Newsom here in California. That was about as clear a message as you can see what their mindset. He's just reversed himself on reparations. He just announced we actually have a $45 billion annual deficit. Yeah. Yeah, and don't, don't you get an increased electricity bill because you're white? Yes, yes, yeah, you that's do. A real genius move. Your income, you have a surcharge based on your income. Uh, we just approved $500 million for illegal alien support. So uh, we've got a pretty good example right here without Georgia. But, I, you know, I think what you're saying is there is some, when you look at people like Bill Maher or you look at Barry Weiss or you look at, Elon Musk. There's a, there are some people who feel that or Matt Taibbi, it's not working. It's not sustainable. I don't know if they're conservative or not, but I don't think those people are going to vote for Joe Biden necessarily. And that's some that's some help. And if we can, you know, if you look at the reaction to the bud to the transgender, uh, yeah, mess. Uh, and Bud Light and Disney. I saw a poll the other day that actually most people support DeSantis over Disney, mm-hmm. especially when they yep. hear hear yep. about the concessions Disney. So, to the elections, is that where is that first line? Is that is that where our focus should be? The elections? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's. We have a lot of people at the Bradley Foundation. I was just we were had a meeting this last week, and there's a lot of people involved on the Republican and conservative side on, on monitoring the vote, thousands of groups that are going to look at the election and they're going to have poll watchers and they're spending money to stop the left. So there is a, an awareness that there wasn't just as, as lately as the midterms, they got caught on the midterms too. And the biggest effort is if they're going to bar a uh, ballot harvest and they're going to ballot cure yeah, and they're going to have 70 percent of the electorate not showing up on Election Day where you can't audit to the same degree. And we can't change that quickly enough. Then we're going to do the same thing. And I think, okay. you know, that's that's a good strategy. All right. So that's, hey, that's again, they weren't they won't be able to hide Biden in the basement. The whole camp, if they go with him as a, as a, as a candidate again, 
uh, they're not going to get away with, they won't get away with it. The country knows he's not up to it. So, you know, I agree. There are a lot of people say that's who we want. We want a complete nebbish. So, so, uh, you know, the people that are pulling the strings are the guys who will, and women who will, who will uh, do things, but uh, a great part of the electorate does not want the president to be a completely incomprehensible, senescent nincompoop. Okay. Uh, let me come back to, um, and, and recant on, on um, let's say there is this silent majority, this Nixon majority. Okay, fine. Uh, and, you know, you look at that map, look at that map of the United States by county. It's pretty red, right? I mean, it's really, really red. Um, but back to something Victor was saying, institutional strength. Just how many institutions do we own anymore um, or have or, or can be counted on? None. Not the no, schools, have- not the universities, not the corporations, not the media. Not the media, not the foundations, not, not foundations. sports, not Hollywood, not entertainment, not professional sports, not popular culture. But what we have the people. We have 51% that opposes this entire agenda. Every one of these issues from the border to energy to the woke prosecutors to the inflation interest, everything is polling negatively for Biden's agenda. And, and, and whether if it's Biden, whether it's Trump or DeSantis against him, we have a much stronger leader. Yeah, that's true. And we have a lot larger bench to the there's nobody else uh, that can replace Biden that I can see. Uh, I think it is Gavin Newsom. I mean, Gavin unless Newsom. they do this uh, Michelle Obama thing, which I think would be insane. You're, I think you're down to someone like Sherry, okay. who isn't bad, but nobody knows him. Okay, then then it seems to me if we uh, if we go first and foremost to the elections, uh, okay, uh, I see all the good arguments for it, but back to the institutions, the long run doesn't look good. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm you know maybe I'm talking what every anthropologist loves his own tribe, like the you know the former education secretary, but the schools are just you know it's just terrible. Sure. I mean, I've just been reviewing the history stuff. It's awful. And um, and most of the teachers are left wing teachers and it's going to get they worse. They, they always were. I, I, I mean, it's worse than, than it was, but they, they were even when I was there. And goodness knows, I was a long time ago. They, they were pretty soggy at the edges. But I agree. It's a lot worse now. I, I just got off the phone with my daughter and I have a 13 year old granddaughter in the Santa Cruz public school system and. Members of the marching band were given a little button that says John Philip Sousa Award to wear for a day. And she walked into her history class and he told her to take it off because it, John Philip Sousa was a racist and fascist and et cetera. This Warmonger. School teacher, Warmonger, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, it's everywhere. And they're, right. they're, they're right. unfortunately, the two messy, they're, the students are ignorant and they're arrogant. And right. That's really a bad combination. Right. Very little knowledge, but plenty of attitude. Right. And well, yeah. this isn't this the great irony of our times throughout the West. We spend more and you you're the expert, Bill. We spend more and more and more in education and get uh, stupider graduates all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Bad. Yeah. We're it's now starting to be wor- worrisome because uh, you're starting to see it. It go into this where it really matters, the sciences, math, engineering, coders. Correct. And I, I, I think I told you I was talking to a guy in Silicon Valley not long ago, and he off the record said that 
a BA in electrical engineering from Stanford University in the last three years is not near that graduate will not nearly have the skills of somebody from Georgia Tech because of the curriculum at Stanford and that they even a lot of Silicon Valley firms, because there is no SAT now for admissions to Stanford, they have their own set of standardized tests that they give graduates. Isn't the downfall of some of these formerly prestigious universities, the Ivy League, for example, isn't that actually a good thing, though? I I think it is. If all of a sudden Texas State or whatever they have down there is a better university than Harvard, it wouldn't be. Look at, look at Stanford Law School and the recent Judge Duncan incident. They were yes. number two in the nation, and they were they were bragging that 98%, I think, or 97% of their graduates passed the California bar, which has been considerably watered down on the first try. And guess what? Last year, for the first time, eight, 14% flunked the bar from Stanford Law School. And yeah, so you're it, right. The, the name can tar- is getting tarnished very quickly. It, it augurs badly for our future. Okay, we win the election. Let's say we have reason for optimism about the election. Let's just uh, stipulate that. We win the election. How do we reverse the institutions? Well, from you've, there? Got to, you've got the Congress. I, I think either DeSantis or Trump would clean up the good. I mean, Trump would do what he, he didn't know how to do last time if it's him. And DeSantis certainly, I mean, he, I think he's put on a pretty impressive legislative performance in Florida in the last few months. Yeah. And I think yeah. he would know how to really yeah. clean hands. Uh, okay. One other thing, the, I admit it's the oldest bugbear of all, but there is something in this response to China that is stirring a little bit of old time American patriotism and the partisanship ends at the water's edge. There's just a little bit of that coming back. I think, am I, again, am I dreaming? It seems to me. Uh, I, I, you know, as soon as you said that, I thought, you know, uh, few people are fingered more in this Durham report than Jake Sullivan. And there he is. Yeah, there he is. No, I, I and, and that, even, even Blinken, if I never suspected of wrongdoing, I didn't think of much of him. Blink, as a, right, Blinken, right. Statement, but he, he, he's in it, too. On the, yeah, on the he was. <laughs> I thought yeah, at best I, he was ineffectual. At worst, he was ineffectual. No. Yeah, I, I think that they, they need, if they could get control of the Congress and the presidency, they need to break up the FBI and either make the headquarters in Kansas or yes, uh, sure, sub, sure. send out, they could break it up and, you know, marshal it out. Yeah, okay. DOJ or Homeland Security. And they need to do something with the Pentagon. I'm really worried about that because okay. everybody free start, I think. Okay, yeah. that takes care of the Pentagon, the FBI, and the government, the Congress, and the it, presidency. And all of the IRS. Now tell me about the schools and the media and the foundations and the universities and it's, and the corporations you, and you sports. University uh, endowments. You, you, were, you, you cut all the aid to ones that don't meet reasonable curriculum standards. And the schools are the state. So, you know, the Reds, I mean, this guy Yunkin in Virginia appears to be tackling it head on. Now, you would know better than I, Bill. You're the expert. But, uh, I mean, if you've got the governor, that's where you fight the, the schools, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, think yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I, I think you I, I think you could do a lot. The government could start looking at the tax endowments, uh tax-free endowments of these big universities that are highly uh-huh. political. Well, the second well, thing, they they got to get rid of the one point. One point seven and trillion in student loans. I think, Bill, you've heard about it. Once you subsidize, the issue of moral hazard is radically altered, and the universities are on and are on record as 
having to uh, guarantee their own student loans, then they wouldn't have, you know, all of these diversity equity administrators and they would try to get the kids out in four years. And they would, if they didn't, they would, and these students default, they wouldn't have any recourse. All right. Correct me if I'm, if I'm hearing wrong, what I'm hearing is win the election, then use the levers of government to start to correct the excesses or, uh, uh, worse of these institutions fdr in reverse you know clear mandate to clean up a serious problem and tackle it right and then we need it we need also i think it would help (laughs) we have to go back to something like that proposal from simpson bowles you know 15 years ago because we can't keep borrowing two two two, yeah two trillion dollars it's not sustainable yeah and they had a plan. I was looking at the other day, had we enacted that when Obama appointed that commission in 2009, we would have a balanced budget today. So so that's I mean, I'm feeling better. Uh, elect the right person. Uh, take the Congress. Uh, start to use the powers of Congress to do things like look at university endowments, move the FBI to Kansas City. Uh, Make make government and other institutions more reflective of the values of the American people, Uh, some in large chunks, others in smaller chunks. Get rid of the I think, don't you agree we could get rid of the Department of Education? That would be very. Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) You change change the policy and get rid of the department. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that. We didn't get to it. Uh, Yeah. Well, even Reagan felt he couldn't do it. I, told, even, I, I think I think one of the things that got Betty DeVos in trouble was one of the first things she said was that even though she was education secretary, she wanted to eliminate the department. Well, that was me first, but that's yeah. OK. I'll give it to Betsy. Yeah, um, uh, she had she had more of a cushion to go back to than, <laughs> than <laughs> I did. But I I told Reagan, I said. You know, I don't need this job. I don't have to do this. I said, you want to abolish the department? And that was, you remember, Reagan, you know, took in a whole lot of senators with him. He said, no, no, I got other things I want to do. Take down the evil empire. So anyway. um, It's it's terribly hard. We had a thing here years ago when the incoming government with a big majority had promised to abolish what was called the Ministry of Indian Affairs. In the end, it, it grew tenfold. And got into the yeah. business of accusing us of being genocided. All right. I want to ask you a question. Um, by, by God, I mean, I, t- tell me about the press here. I mean, aren't, aren't there five, three courageous people, you know, other than Ducey, uh, to stand up and, and, and ask the tough questions or to take an independent stand or to say, I guess Jake Tapper the other day said, you know, this Durham thing looks pretty bad for the FBI. I, I, I was amazed at that. I thought that was a bellwether. Yeah, you did. Tucker, Tucker, what is I, a bellwether? I saw Tucker as different than, you know, Fox believes that when Bill O'Reilly went, then Tucker just smooth, smoothly transitioned. And then <laughs> Megan Kelly left and Laura came in. But Tucker was different. He was kind of encapsulated the new populist uh, conservative party. And I don't think they're going to be able to replace yeah, he, him. But he, he, was, he, was, he was getting a bit crazy, though. I mean, he, he some, had bad ideas at times. I, I have nothing against him, but sometimes he was just particular. I mean, take the Ukraine thing. Uh, it, you know, he, he was too far in this hostility. I think, I think on that, but a lot <laughs> of things that he was criticized for 
like he was he was one of the first people who said that the vaccinations would not stop you from being infectious or infected and yeah. he he questioned the quarantine very early on he did and the I, and the lockdown and a number of the fox people did i agree yeah yeah we well, don't appreciate that we lost a lot of voices when rush limbaugh died that is not replaced the drudge report flipped over to the left really that was yep. a source of an aggregator that everybody read and then Tucker being deplatformed. And Coulter got even wingier than usual. Crazy. Yeah. Went crazy. So we, we, we don't have a, there's not a lot of institutional conservative voices like we used to have. We don't. The Wall Street Journal is still pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think so on a lot, most of it. Not on immigration, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 the news how, comments much better than the news side. How much yeah. hope can we put in an Elon Musk, Victor? Uh, He's doing about as best. I think we've got about as best we can get out of him. And that is that he feels that he's more effective both in his businesses and his public intellectual life, the less he's formally uh, branded as a conservative or Republican. In other words, the more that he is in the middle, he feels he can act in a more conservative fashion, it seems to me. So I think he's doing pretty well. Yeah, I so. think the soft point is at Fox. I mean, as long as Rupert's there, it'll be all right. But he's 91 or 92. He's a strong man. But, you know, no one goes on much longer. Well, they, ju- they just changed the entire prime time lineup, you know. Yeah. It's, but but yeah. can we come back just in the last minute or two? Uh, Conrad, uh, you, you took it as a bellwether tapper. Where, yeah. where are the other bells? Ah, I, I, I didn't get that far in my analysis, Bill. I was so astounded to see him saying that, near him saying that. I, I just thought, you know, that this this is, uh, yeah, it, you know, this is like a mirage uh, because he was one of the worst of the Trump haters in the, in the Trump days, you know. Uh, well, my so God, I, yeah. after the after the the uh, the Trump tour de force at the town hall, I mean, Tapper was awful, just awful. Yeah, he lies upon lies upon lies. And, and you know, the the, the town hall uh, CNN woman, Collins, I remember her. She was hired by Tucker Carlson, the Daily Caller. And she was yeah, University of Alabama. Was, yeah, she was a conservative for a long time. Yeah, she got she got pretty obnoxious at some of Trump's news conferences when he was yeah. president. Yeah, she flipped. I got well, it. Was it a bellwether to go to St. Anselm's and hear all those conservative and at least uh, middle of the road people? <laughs> that was a blessing, wasn't it? <laughs> I think a lot of MAGA people found a way to get in there that shocked CNN. They thought they had a university audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they yeah, infiltrated, so they infiltrated so, the audience. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit much for uh, Sununu to say Trump can't win when he's leading Sununu in his home state by 30 points. You know, I mean, yeah. it's lies. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. It's the thing with Trump we've talked about. He, he gave a great tweet about AOC the other day when AOC was talking about, uh, you know, murder on the subway and all this. And he said, we don't need to listen to AOC. And, would, and he had a good tweet. And then he said, and here's, and especially AOC with her ugly looking boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riley. <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys are great. I feel much better. All right. Thanks guys. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. 
Okay, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett, and you can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, share this podcast with your family and friends. We are growing. We will catch up next week. 